Uh, um, so how much is that? Welcome to the Podcast Editor's Mastermind, the only show dedicated to the business side of podcast editing. I am Daniel Habit. What's my name? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I am Daniel Avendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Brian Entspringer. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. And our delightful guest this evening is Helen King. She is a Kiwi podcaster who launched her podcast, The C Word Radio, in July of 2020 and was a finalist in the New Zealand Radio Awards less than a year after launching. A former journalist, Helen took a leap of faith and started her own business, HK Productions, offering podcast management and editing services in October of 2020. She was motivated by a diagnosis with breast cancer at 37 in 2018 and being diagnosed with ADHD a few months shy of turning 40 last year to carve out work that complements her ADHD. Helen lives in Auckland, New Zealand with her partner, Ross Grumpy Cat Bebe? Bebe. Am I saying? <laughs> and two naughty dogs, Lenny and Koki, who we are likely to hear tonight. Helen, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. And I apologize in advance if the um, the dogs make an appearance. <laughs> a running theme of this show is interruptions by animals. Normally, it's cats. So actually having yeah. a dog might be a change of pace, a nice, nice yeah. little uh, change of pace I, for us. I was thinking about picking up a goat just so we could have a, l- a little bit yeah. of variety. One of those screaming yeah. goats. <laughs> the ones that fall over when you yell at them. That'd be the- yes. <laughs> okay, I got to stop. <laughs> So, Helen, the the main topic that we're going to cover tonight is getting started as a podcast editor in a growing market. Um, but in just kind of our correspondence, like your how you got into podcast editing is really fascinating. So, can we talk about that for just a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I started my pa- uh, podcast last year. The idea kind of grew during lockdown here in New Zealand. So we went into full lockdown in around about March and, um, you know, everyone, we had a we had a nationwide flour shortage because people were just like making bread and baking and things. And I cannot make bread. So <laughs> I needed something to do. And just this idea started forming. And so that's kind of the the genesis of the C-Word Radio. And um, it actually goes out on a community radio station here in Auckland called Planet FM. And, um, yeah, I guess it was just like a way back to my roots in radio where I started, um, God, about 14 years ago. And it just really pulled together everything I love about journalism and working with audio Um and then fast forward a, a few months later, I, you know, like so many women was diagnosed with ADHD after going through lockdown because it just sort of exacerbated the symptoms and things. And I was a guest on a podcast called Adulting with ADHD. And I mentioned at the time that, you know, I, I loved podcasting and I wanted to edit for other people. And she's just like, I'm looking for an editor. And that's how I got my first 
client was just by being on the show. So it, yeah, it was a, a strange way into it, I think. I just have to ask. So everybody else is out there making bread or doing whatever. And you thought to yourself, Hey, I'd like to start a pot. Like, are you a masochist? What, what, what made you think I should do this? I'm just, I'm just a little weird. I don't do things sort of by the book or in the, the sort of usual way. <laughs> um, I think what really, I guess what motivated me was that, you know, as you, you mentioned before, I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 37. And so that was in around about May of 2018. And um, like a lot of people when they're younger, when they're diagnosed, it was a very aggressive cancer. And so my treatment was very aggressive. And I all up had 18 months of um, treatment for cancer. And what they don't tell you about going through a cancer diagnosis is that it's actually sometimes harder once you come out the other end and the oncologist sort of signs you off and says, right, now you can go live your life. And you're like, what? <laughs> but I'm a mess. What do you mean go and live your life? <laughs> I can't do this. I'm bald. And it's so I, yeah, I guess I had really been struggling to to find a place which was telling my story or a story that I related to. And yeah, and so I thought, well, why not start something and and provide a space for people to really, um, you know, talk about what it's like to have a cancer diagnosis or have a loved one that goes through cancer. And so, yeah, that that kind of was how I started and um, definitely haven't done anything by the book or I've made many mistakes along the way. But, yeah, that kind of kick-started it. Yeah, but but I I love that because that kind of provides what a support group might do in a different mm. forum, right? So you can connect with people that aren't in the same town necessarily and yeah. have that camaraderie. I don't want to say commiseration because I don't think it's really that, but the, like that knowing that there's somebody else there that gets you. Mm. That, that's a that's yeah. a really big thing. And for a topic yeah. that is almost kind of taboo cuz like yeah. it's people like I, I, I say this never having cancer, but I do have a client who also has a show about breast cancer and like as a survivor. And it's yeah. just like people outside the community, like people don't want to talk about cancer because it's so scary. And so mm. it can kind of like isolate people that have gone through or are going through it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that was part of it for me was um, anyone who's been through cancer treatment will know that when you, um, they give you steroids basically before you have your infusion and they just, they just, you go mental. You really do like steroids are not a good time. And so often you'd still be awake at three o'clock in the morning, just sort of, you know, and that's never a good time for anyone to still be awake with alone with your thoughts at 3 a.m. And I found this podcast um, made by the BBC called You, Me and the Big C. And it was these um, three women talking about their cancer experiences. And I guess, you know, for that half hour or 45 minutes, I didn't feel so alone or I kind of, you know, it was reassuring. And so I guess, yeah, I guess part of it was wanting to, sort of create that for other people that 
you know, at 3am, they might come across the podcast and, and feel like they're not so alone in what they're going through. It's interesting to me that that was your first show. And then your first client is another person who, based on the title of the show, seems to be supporting another community in a similar way. Is like, was that a yeah. through line that you were looking for? How, how did that, like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll stop and let you answer. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, maybe not consciously at first, but definitely I prefer working with people who, um, yeah, I guess I f- who are passionate and are wanting to sort of make a change, whether that is, you know, empowering other people in a different way or um, serving their community. And I think I often, that's what I sort of, yeah, attract. Yeah. Yeah. I think Warren said it really well. And the podcast can reach others who listen later. The connections keep spreading. Podcasts help people, people feel less alone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the, like, the magical things about podcasting is like I say it all the time, like that intimacy. There, like it just feels yes. like so much more intimate to listen to a podcast than it is to like watch a YouTube video or something else. Like there is like that deep, almost like relationship in a weird way that's yeah. very one sided of a listener to the host. I think so, and it's funny you say that because we had I had a conversation about this recently um, with a woman who has just started her podcast, and um, someone asked about YouTube, and I think that YouTube for me is when I'm sitting down and I'm just scrolling, and I might check in with a YouTuber that I I follow or look up a particular topic, and it's it's more sort of yeah um, a, a static thing. But when I'm listening mm-hmm. to podcasts, I'm often doing something else, and so it's almost like that that person's in the room with you, or you're connecting in, or you know I'm washing the dishes and having some company by listening to a true crime. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> completely off topic. Um, yeah. But my wife and I. Um, we actually with dinner, we watched a show called only murders in the building. I don't know if you guys, yeah. so it's a, it's a new show on Hulu. Um, it's Martin shorts, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. And they're like true uh-huh. crime podcast fanatics. And there's a murder in their building. So they start a podcast about the murder in their building. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I that love option, tr- but there you go. <laughs> me think because if I think about when I first started listening to podcasts was a while ago it was when um oh, it's gone out of my head but there was that fantastic one um serial mm-hmm. and you know I and this shows how New Zealand's technology <laughs> industry works but I used up all my data on my cell phone listening to that. It must have been about <laughs> 10 years ago because I couldn't stop listening to it. And that was my first sort of introduction of, you know, being able to really binge something <laughs> or, you know, you're just yeah. sort of there with that person. And I think that it's such an exciting medium in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like how when I'm doing a podcast, even this, where we're still on video, I feel less pressure to perform or to put on a persona than if I do 
even just a, a YouTube walkthrough video. For some reason, there's a different yeah. pressure when I feel like I need to perform a thing rather than just show up and be me in a professional-ish way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the pandemic has really changed. I mean, it's changed everything. And I think that that's what people will slowly come to realize is that there is no going back to pre-pandemic life. And, um, you know, the way that we connect with people, um, especially here in New Zealand, I mean, in Auckland, we've been in lockdown for almost three months. And so, yeah, it's like, you don't see people, you don't interact with people. But yeah. I think that when we create spaces for people to connect, um, whether it's on a podcast or maybe an online community, you're really allowing for connection that we we just miss when we can't go out and see people. Yeah. Absolutely. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to get back to podcast editing as a profession but if you have something well it, it was related to that right because you mentioned your first client you were a guest on their show so like is that how you find all of your clients is your first a guest on your their show and then they say hey you should edit like <laughs> no. what does that look like <laughs> no um so yeah it's been really interesting so my uh, sarah is my first client and we i still edit her show and do her social media and and things like that we've got a really good working relationship and um I also I produced a, a short podcast series earlier this year for a um charity here in New Zealand and um they had heard my podcast and approached me to to make them one so um you know, for me, my podcast really feels like the best example of, of what I can do. And yes, I've just, I've picked people up that way. But recently I found LinkedIn is a really fantastic way to connect in with people. And I've, um, yeah, I've had maybe three inquiries that have all led to some, you know, different services through LinkedIn. And because I think it's quite an underutilized um source but it seems to really work yeah i i keep i mean it's like in the back of my head like because like my clients i think are really big on linkedin but it's just like i don't know i don't enjoy using maybe we should have like a linkedin expert to <laughs> i'd, I'd love to have a, a linkedin intervention right now because it's not my favorite <laughs> yeah. but to helen's point and yours like the clients are there yeah how, how do you yeah. make it work for you because to me it feels like a total energy suck, not just time, but like I, I feel an emotional barrier to even clicking over and waiting for that page to load, which is of course the fastest thing that's ever loaded. And then, yeah. you know, clicking the the bell that has all the notifications of the things that LinkedIn wants me to see that have not like getting through all of that to go, okay, what are the two things I need to do? Like how, how do you make LinkedIn work for you? Okay. So, I learned this from editing a podcast episode with a LinkedIn expert. <laughs> it was amazing. You know, when you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe someone knows all of these things. So, but basically, what she um, said is that all you have to do is spend 20 minutes a week on it and you can just do five minutes a day. And the first thing has been to build up your networks. And so you click on, everyone you know in terms of maybe colleagues or people you've worked with and then the next one might be 
university or school or people from your town and that sort of thing. And so that's what I started doing is that I just um, kept building up those those connections. And then the other piece of information from this house, she said that it's something ridiculous, like 5% of people actually produce content on LinkedIn. And so the, especially things with video or, you know, something more interactive. And so the chance of your stuff being seen is quite high. And so what I, what I've started doing is that, you know, I definitely, um, building up the, the, the network side of things. And then maybe weekly I'll, um, I'll post something. So it might be about my podcast or I get industry news and I put a New Zealand spin on it or, you know, I do blog posts and things like that. And so I'm not spending heaps of time on LinkedIn, but I'm spending enough time on there that things, uh, it looks like I, you know, am, regular and that sort of thing yeah there's nothing may- you can't learn from a podcast let's face it yes, I, I may have been taking notes while you talked through that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, my hang-up is like i'm always getting like emails or messages from people oh, that are yeah. like hey i think we need to connect and it's like we have nothing to do with each other and they're just trying to sell me whatever their irrelevant service is mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a bit weird like that, but I just yeah, just sort of ignore that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think when I you know listening to this podcast episode, it really was about making it work for you. So if I could do five minutes a day. I could, mm-hmm. um, you know, write about what I know and kind of um, yeah, sort of grow your expertise in that area. Because I think that's the thing is that with podcasting. It is such a, you know, especially for independent podcasters, it's such a a new space, especially in New Zealand, that people want that information. They want to know, well, how do you do it? How or what do these numbers mean or, you know, that sort of thing. So I feel like there's such a good opening there to sort of slot yourself in as the expert. You don't look convinced. (laughs) Um, No, it it's processing. Um, I guess it's probably just like my own limiting beliefs and self-doubt and imposter syndrome. That's like, but there's so many experts that are yeah. already doing that. Like how, like why would anybody listen to me? Yeah. But I'd like to say that um, a high percentage of the expert entrepreneurs that I find on LinkedIn aren't too far off from the self-proclaimed Facebook experts who have never yeah. actually done the thing that they're selling the course to yeah. do like maybe they bought somebody's private label rights thing so that they have an ebook that they can sell and maybe they read the three most popular books on the topic so that they can talk about it but from my experience i can tell you that there is absolutely a difference between somebody who understands conceptually what somebody else said to do and somebody who's worked through it and knows what actually mm-hmm. works and can has yeah. at least enough of a grasp to be able to pivot on it and you have that between between you and Michelle, like <laughs> I mean, because you guys are almost a full service agency, the two yeah. of you, yeah, right, yeah. And now I'm thinking like that could be like really good for my Reaper for podcasting content. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. This has been great. I got work to do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We got 30 minutes left. You can't oh, leave oh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. But, but to your point, Warren just said in the chat, I should take snippets from my Hindenburg course and post mm-hmm. those to LinkedIn as trailers or something. Yeah. That's something I'd never thought about, Warren. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what prompted. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's because I am, um, because. So recently, Triton have are now producing um, podcast stats for New Zealand. Um, previously, we weren't involved, but but now because podcasting is growing and um, the major media companies are obviously paying for the service, and so there was this you know press release about here are the the top um, podcasts and things. And so because I'm suspicious of everything, I had a look at these stats and I thought. Like they only tell one part of the picture. And so I wrote a, about that. And I think that's the thing is that you, we do know the independent side of things and um, kind of express that is always going to be interesting to someone, you know. And I think at the moment with New Zealand and podcasting is that it could be really easy to look at something like that and go, whoa, I'd never get those downloads then you look at the fact that they're all being produced by our major media outlets and actually a lot of them were just repurposed radio shows so you know i it's a different ball game when you're creating a, a podcast for your business or creating a podcast for a special interest so i think that there's a lot we can offer that doesn't always get that some attention Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to your point, I think also the the why behind your show can be a big part of it, right? If you want to make a difference for mm. people that have dealt with cancer, that's not a small market, yeah. but it's not a mass market, right? You're not making a show for no. everybody. You're making a show for these the people. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday yeah. who's got a show where his show is 100% about networking. His show is about the guest and the audience is a bonus because he wants to meet guests have that conversation. And in some cases, maybe there's a business relationship that comes out of that. In others, it's just him expanding mm-hmm. his network in a way that he's comfortable with. Be- and yeah. I relate to that. I hate networking events where everybody just pushes business cards in your face. I love spending 30 yeah. minutes with somebody to talk about whatever they care about. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially absolutely. if there's an end where I can say, sorry, we're out of time. And also mm-hmm. you're boring. So, <laughs> Okay. Sorry, Daniel. I think I might have yeah. interrupted. No, it's just kind of like I'm just echoing that because I have a client that pretty much does the same thing. The point of his show is to get people on. They tell him about their business, and at the end of the interview, he then pitches his service, and he they just told him everything, all their pain points, so that he may just use that right back on them to sell to them. And like you said, like the audience is just a bonus because like yeah. you don't need huge numbers to get the right guest. Because people love talking about what they're doing and what themselves. Right. Yeah. And and with the right guests, as you're building your network, you can say, so-and-so suggested I talk to you about being on my mm-hmm. show. And then it's not a conversation about, I want to have you on here because I've got a zillion listeners. It's, you know, I was talking to Bob the other day about his business and he mentioned, hey, you would be a great guest because of this thing about your business. It yeah. really gives you a way to, yeah, to, to shift it. Of course, you 
then you tend to get people that are not as interested in the audio quality as guests, which is a challenge as an editor. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And even as like a podcast editors, I mean, this is how you pitch to small businesses or service providers, Mm. like sell them on like starting a podcast because you don't because you have your own product Mm. um, and you're just trying to you're talking to your potential clients. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing in terms of um, because I've I've done corporate communications and. and I think that's what people are just starting to realize more in Australia and New Zealand that because we can't go out and do those networking events or things are, you know, are, are changing, it really can become just an, you know, another branch of your comm strategy. And it's actually a very user friendly one and a very um, cost effective one because a podcast episode can become a blog and then it can become, you know, six mm-hmm. social media posts and, you know, all those sorts of things. And so, it, yeah, it's that switch from looking at um, success and measurements by numbers and, and then looking at as how am I achieving, you know, in terms of do, am I getting a new client through this or am I reaching more people? And, yeah, so I think there's, there's a lot of room for growth in that area. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, I don't know what insight you'll have. I'm really curious about like what the kind of indie podcast scene is like in New Zealand. Yeah, it's, it's definitely growing. And I think that, um, you know, there are, there are people that have been podcasting for a while. I, um, there's a wonderful woman down in sort of the central part of the North Island and she lives off grid and she's been podcasting for about six years and she podcasts about her life. And she also, um, I think it's called Mike her and she has created this, um, library about how different especially more um, uh, feminine or female voices sound on different microphones and so before you go and invest in a podcast mic you can listen to how your voice might sound so so there are you know little pockets of people that have you know have been podcasting for a while um in quite sort of niche areas so it's definitely a more growing industry um in terms of that but I think the the thing about New Zealand is that it's kind of in some ways a shift for us because we've always been very big radio listeners I think per capita we're one of the highest sort of consumers of radio content and so to get people sort of more listening to podcasts it's going to be a little bit of a shift into um I guess that more of an online or streaming um, access, which we are seeing. And it's definitely um, in our younger generation that are tuning more and more into either, you know, online or different services and stuff. So I think that it's going to be sort of a younger generation that perhaps really, you know, get into that indie side of podcasting. One of the things I'm wondering, because you mentioned that New Zealand is a developing market, Mm. do you find that you have to spend a lot of time sort of explaining or selling to potential clients why they should consider having a podcast as compared to why they should hire you to do it? 
Not so much. So I've, I'm fairly lucky that the people who approached me have, um, well, actually, strangely enough, or funnily enough, it's been um, expat Americans that are now living in New Zealand that I'm sort of one of my clients at the moment. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's because it's different, but I think the challenge is, um, selling the the benefits of having someone produce and edit your podcast um because they I think for a lot of people they maybe not quite I don't know I, I guess it's that thing of how good do you want things to sound or do you want you know are you do you send it out and so for the people that have approached me I haven't necessarily had to um sell the benefit but I can definitely there's not a huge demand for it just yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I have more luck with um, cl- getting clients that are in America than I do in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah. Interesting. I guess that makes a lot of sense because, like, podcasting. How do you find your American clients? Um, generally just um, through networking. And so um, I was freelancing or um, contracting with a woman for a few months and then um, she changed her business. And so I took um, one of the clients that I had been editing. So she came with me and then, yeah, some of it's just been word of mouth. Um, Actually, before I I came on today, I just got an email from a woman in the States that um, is a friend of a friend who had said, oh, such and such mentioned that you're editing podcasts and I this is something I want to do. So that's that for me has been another huge way of, you know, finding clients is just building up those networks um, and really just letting everyone know that this is what I'm doing. And so at some point they might have a conversation with someone who says, I want to start a podcast. And they're like, someone told me they were doing this and it will be me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Because you're not being like sleazy and like just selling yourself constantly. You're building like genuine relationships and mm. just kind of like just putting your awesome self out there and then just kind of like letting people come to you. Yeah. And I, it's because it's a funny one because I've been working with a social media um, coach because I, um, I met her through a, a forum here in New Zealand, like for um, women and who have small businesses. And um, I think part of it is, is because we were talking about what makes you want to pay for something or what makes you, you know, I guess, engage in that sort of thing. Because that's always the hardest thing, isn't it? Being a, a small business is thinking, you know, how do I get people to want to, you know, pay me to do things? Um, and I guess it's that thing of not everyone will. And so that's that's okay. Then they're, they're not your people. Um, but it's just really, yeah, believing that what you're doing, someone will want and they will want to work with you because what you have is, you know, aligns with where they are and and what they want. And so, yeah, I guess I, for me, I'm very much a relationship a relationship-based person. And so that's how I sort of have gone about, yeah, networking with people who might know someone or recommend me or, yeah. Yeah. And that's like putting, like, just kind of like just networking. 
that person might not be your person right yeah. now, but they could mm. be, you know, in a year or they know somebody who is your person. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I think part of it also is I don't love in-person interactions. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm an introvert. And so, you know, it's sort of, yeah. <laughs> maybe half hour hour limit and then you know you my attention spans somewhere else and so <laughs> i feel like what the pandemic has done is it's gone here's your ultimate way of interacting with people whether it's like online and having chats and things like that so um yeah i feel like even though the world feels like it's a dumpster fire there are these little things where it's like it's my time <laughs> This is my, this is my ultimate. Yeah. I mean, half the world now knows how to actually do a Zoom call. They might do it poorly, but they know how. So like, this is perfect for people that would rather stay at home and maybe interact with other people like once a week, once a month, not, you know, nine hours a day, every day, which is me. I'd rather stay home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I've kind of been wondering, because you were talking about how you, your clients tend to be people that are serving a specific purpose, um, mm. but you're also, I think, typically businesses as as well. Like they they kind of do both. I'm wondering how how much do you think about your sales conversation might be their desire to invest to see the change that they want to see in the world, rather than just looking at a balance sheet and saying, well, if I pay an editor, then it will save me, you know, a hundred dollars a month of my time or something. Yeah, I think that, um, I don't know what that word would be, like it's social investment or that, you know, it being how invested they are in it and what it means to them is is quite a big thing. Because, um, you know, I, I think about um, adulting with ADHD, which has just exploded in downloads, even, you know, downloads aren't everything, but I feel like she, what, Sarah talks about on her podcast is really neat like she's really niched it down and, and that is is really working but equally and um, one of my other clients Jen who's who's in Chicago um is really passionate about empowering women in the workplace um because she's experienced burnout and so sorry this is my very roundabout way of saying that I I think that once I really started to think, well, this is what I want to work with, um, people kind of get drawn to that and you start getting more confident in saying, I don't want to work with that person or I'm not going to drop my prices or, you know, maybe that's not for me. Yeah. So it's actually been listening to you guys and the different your different guests where, you know, I started thinking about, this is what I need to make or, you know, I don't have to work with everyone. And so it's kind of been about getting quite clear on, um, you know, my values and how that sort of corresponds to how I want to work. Yeah. But I definitely think there has to be that investment on their side. And I think that for people that are really committed to doing a podcast, um, and once they start, they sort of realize how much work it is. Um, they become more open to thinking, actually, I need to outsource this stuff. Yeah. 
I would agree. And I also wanted to say part of the reason I asked the question is because I'm always doing the same thing you said you're doing by listening to these episodes. I'm trying to go, okay, like this is actually for me. How can I think about this differently? Or like, I've got this hypothesis. Has somebody else already proven it? So I don't have to go out and spend a a ton of time doing it. Yeah. And I think, because one of the things that um, has been really important for me is that you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, so I was almost 40 before I finally got the missing piece. And so, you know, my story is not unique for women of my generation. We've gone grossly underdiagnosed and the impact on your life can be, you know, it can be really damaging, you know, Um it's yeah, but now knowing that my brain is a little bit different and that I do not fit in the corporate nine to five world, I just it's not my place. <laughs> it's not where I thrive. Um, because I, you know, my cycle was to to work and then burn out, work and then burn out. And um that is really common for people that are undiagnosed with either autism or ADHD. Um, And so, yeah, it must have been last year, and I just had this epiphany, and it sounds so cheesy, but sitting at the traffic lights one night, and I was thinking, if my cancer comes back in 10 years' time, what do I want to look back on? Do I want to look back and think, oh, you kept trying to work in these places that you don't fit? Or do you want to create a space for yourself where it's okay that you have ADHD and that you can manage that in the day because you work from home and you work in something you love and that you, you know, that really drives you. And I've been very lucky that I've been able to make that decision and create a space for myself where, I can, yeah, actually thrive instead of continually feeling like I just don't fit into this place. It's interesting you say that because about every couple of months, I think to myself, a few years, 10 years, 50 years, whatever, when my kids bury me, what do I want (laughs) them to think, right? What do I want them to think about me? And I don't mean that like, did he love me or not? I mean, like, when they look back on my life, beyond just he he loved his family what do i want them to think about me and am i doing that thing right so do yeah. i want them to think he was all about the money or do i want them to think he really wanted to help people do something right he because that's what i want like it's not that i want them to be poor but that's the thing I want them to carry through their life. So if I don't live my life that way, they won't look back on that, which means I didn't leave it in their life for them to leave in their kids. Yeah. Cause my, I mean, I don't know about your parents, but my parents are baby boomers. And so they were in a job yeah. for 30 years, you know, they were in that job. That was the job. You had. And then, you yeah. Know, you became my, bitter my and dad's been in the and- same job since I was three or four until now. And I'll be 49 this year. So he's been in that. Yeah job for a while right yeah and um for me up until the job i've got right now like five years was my limit (laughs) yeah and so i i feel like this part of that is that we have been given that template if you stay in your job it doesn't matter how crap it is you just stay in it but i i'm the same as i think i just cannot waste any more of my life doing things that just are soul destroying but i 
I have to, I mean, I'm very lucky that I can do it because I have a partner that supports me, you know, and he has made it possible for me to, you know, um, give this business a good go. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be on Instagram anytime soon trying to tell you how to make a six-figure business. That's not not what I'm doing. (laughs) I'd be be happy for like a high five-figure business at this point. Yeah, I'm just happy that people pay me. <laughs> this, yeah, I'm not going to be that person anytime soon. <laughs> you you say that, but maybe, right? I mean, is there a reason you couldn't be that person? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I think at the moment I'm just, yeah, I mean, i I go through ebbs and flows of it where I actually I did this the other day where I panicked and I thought I'm not making enough money. I'm such a terrible person. And so I applied for a job and I did two interviews for it and I got to the end and I thought, I don't want to work in this place. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) And I, yeah. And so I do continually go through phases of questioning myself and oh my god what am I doing but it's just sort of unlearning all those years of um you know a different script in my head but I yeah I'm really lucky now that I am in a position where I can um set something up for myself that means that I yeah that I really honor my wellness and how I function and I don't have to get up and take a bus to work. And yeah. What's that difference been? So I'm not super familiar with ADHD, except that TikTok says I have it. Um, (laughs) Well, they would know. (laughs) Yeah. They have that algorithm that, that pins you down. Um, So I guess like looking back at, you know, working the nine to five, doing that burnout cycle versus Mm. like, how does, podcast editing play into the strengths of your ADHD? Um, I think so. I really like it for us. It's terrible. One of the things with ADHD is that you have, you don't produce dopamine, you know, the, the, like the feel good um, chemical. And so doing things that you don't enjoy can actually feel like painful um, and really, really hard. But I feel like I love working with audio and I don't know every fancy technical thing and that sort of stuff at all. But I just, for me, it's been, it's this amazing opportunity to listen to interesting conversations and create something and help other people do that. But on the other side of that is, um, cause you know, I, I'm only, three years post-diagnosis and really only two years post-active treatment for cancer. And so um, I'm I'm recovering, you know, I'm still recovering my energy levels, my, you know, everything. And so it just has opened up a space where I can prioritise um, not having any stress of going, having to be at work at this time with your computer on and, um, you know, I can go out like I did today and take my dogs for a walk in the um, forest and that's really good for me. And, yeah, I think as well not having to mask who I am for eight hours a day in 
in an office where here, yeah, like, I mean, my dogs don't care who I am. <laughs> you know? And so it, it's kind of embracing that I I work in, in fits and starts. I'm not a consistently, you know, um, I can't just sit every day for this long and do work all the time. I have these sort of ebbs and flows. And so I can kind of work with that, which I actually think would work for everyone. You know, we all have such di- different oh, yeah. sort of rhythms and stuff. Yeah. No, there, there's a ton of research mm. that says, you know, trying to do an eight-hour block nonstop is terrible, that you might get, you know, two hours of good work out of that. Whereas if you take yeah. even reasonably regular breaks, you'll get a full, like, way more done in less time, period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember being in Absolutely. school, like... To the you know, learning study habit, it's like take a five minute break every hour. But it's like, and then nine to five, you get your what, like two 15 minute breaks a day plus lunch if you're lucky. Yeah. Oh, I just drink a lot of water, so I have to go back and forth. To the- <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you laugh. Yeah. But like when I, because I, I, I do work a day job, I, I get my best ideas when I'm trying to solve a problem. If I just step away from my desk for a minute, and think about it. Like it wasn't that I wasn't yeah. thinking about it at my desk, but something about moving just a little bit is enough to go. I could do it this way. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. You say that. So like something I, I'm not realizing I need to kind of work on is like, because I kind of push myself into like working large chunks, like as a mm-hmm. podcast editor. Um, but like, telling myself it's okay to take a break and not like make myself feel guilty. Like I should be working. Like I need to like do this, you know, client mm-hmm. expecting blah, blah, blah. Um, because like in the afternoons, like I get tired and it's yep. just like, I can't focus. And then like, so I you know, I'll go take a nap, which is really nice being able to take a nap in the middle of the day. Um, but sometimes like I won't take a nap. I'll just like go lay down and not be able to sleep. But even that is just like rejuvenating. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I keep coming back to is editing seems like a very mechanical task, right? Mm. But it is creative, even though you're taking somebody else's work and doing something with it. Even if all you're doing is cutting the ums, there's an amount of creativity that goes into that where you have to go, does what I did sound right? Does what I did change? Like, and that, like, that's all high level brain function, even though it looks like you're just clicking a mouse and going on like, and it's fast. Yeah. Like your brain's constantly going, you got to rest. Yeah. And that's the thing with ADHD is our brains are going fast. It's just, I mean, I had no idea that not everyone had a constant like dialogue in their head. 24 seconds. It just does not shut People up. don't it's have that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Apparently I can't, it's like, what do you mean? But um, and so I think that's why it works for me. It is quick. It's kind of got immediate effect, and so that instant gratification thing for me is very important. But um, sort of backtracking a little bit, when I was going through chemo, and of course you you always think, well, how on earth did I get to this point? I'm 37. This is insane. And there was part of me that knew that the way that I had been living 
was not good for me, you know, that constant pressure to succeed, that constant pressure to be doing this, this and this. And it just has been, I guess, a lesson over the past three years over and over again of you need to slow down, you need to slow down, you need to, you know, start prioritising different things. But that goes against what we're taught. And so it's quite hard to embrace that at all times and not fall back into that thing of, oh, my my God, I need a job, (laughs) a proper job. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I know, like, sometimes, like, I'll have that thought, too. It's like, I should, just, I don't know, like, not not so much recently, but it's just, like, when I think about, like, if I need to, like, actually get a traditional job for whatever reason, like, oh, it just fills me with dread. Like, I can't imagine going back to that. Sorry, Brian. That's okay. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't dislike my job. That's I'm, good. And I'm pretty good at it. I mean, they keep paying me, so I, I must be at least Excellent. average. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's probably easy to be average if there's only one person in the role in the entire company, but <laughs> hey, you're the best one in the company. Best and worst. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the I mean the other thing is, I mean, for me, this this podcast that we're we are recording at the moment has been like a Something for me to, it's being, what do you call it? God, my brain's gone blank. So this is, this is my ADHD, completely forgetting what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it has been kind of appointment viewing for me because we've been in lockdown, but it's been a way for me to connect with my people, you know, is that you guys are doing what I do. And so being able to know that every couple of weeks I can sort of log on and, and talk about what I do or, you know, for me it so many amazing women and people, you know, Carrie and um, through Justbusters and just networking in that way with people that I wish didn't live overseas, but, you know, you're all in America and other exciting places. But it's kind of like being a little kid going, oh, my God, I found my people. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome in that way. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's almost like being a, a kid and going to summer camp. You go, okay, th- this is where I get to hook up with my friends and not hook up in that creepy way. Just like this is where I get to meet my friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gone silent. <laughs> yeah. This I'll is where we put in the awkward pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm out of question, but this has been amazing yeah welcome to today's intervention where brian yeah. got therapy <laughs> yeah we all did we all yeah did. no this this was good yeah <clears throat> well helen thank you so much for joining us tonight um and i believe we do have a poddex question tonight we we do have a poddex question of the day we actually have a pod deck and before our call helen chose the card um she yes. Didn't get to choose the question, though, just the card. And if you're uh, following us live, type your answer into the chat as well. Question for today is, if you could send a message to the entire world, what would you say in 30 seconds? I'll go first because I read the question. Uh, Mine will take way less than 30 seconds. (laughs) Um, Stop fighting and start listening. That's what I'd say. Uh, Daniel, how about you? Whichever side you're on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I, had, I knew this entire time this was coming. I'm still like trying to figure out how to word it. Um, you have a message, so be sure to spread it, and nobody, nobody care is judging you as much as you're judging yourself. Mm. But if you have something to say, say it kindly, though. <laughs> <laughs> and also, stop listening. Stop farting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I still don't know. My mind goes completely blank because you both have seen something so, you know, lovely, inspiring. And then I'm instantly like, stopping dicks. Just stop, just stop it. I mean, that <laughs> isn't completely nice different from mine. <laughs> <laughs> just be nice to each other. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Yes, I say that from almost three months in lockdown, and I just wish people would get over themselves and, you know, make it so we can all go outside again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Warren says in the chat, uh, we have much more in common than it seems. Listen and discover those things. I like that. Thanks, Warren. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. I can't say it enough. Helen, if people want to find you or listen to your podcast, where can they do that? Yeah, so um, yeah, you have cancer or anyone you is you know is dealing with it, um, it's the C Word Radio. You can come find me um, on Instagram or to listen to the podcast across all the major podcast um, platforms. Otherwise, for my work stuff, I'm at HK Productions. Yeah, I'd love to hear from people. Awesome. And whenever this does come out as a podcast, we will have links in the show notes. So be sure to check it out there. Um, And we'll go ahead and drop it in the comments. If you are watching this live or watching replay on Facebook, uh, we'll put all of our links in the comments as well. Um, Now my mind is drawing a blank. I think we probably need to talk about guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, if if people want to be a guest... Yeah, so if you've been listening to Helen and you've been thinking, you know what, I think I would like to get on and share my story as well. If you're a podcast editor and, you, or, and you've got some maybe some insight and you're going, these people, like they totally need to know what I know. Or if you're thinking, hey, I've got a problem with my business, but these people might help me ask a couple of good questions that will point me in the right direction. We would love to have you let us know that you're interested in being on the show. To do that, you would go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest. I'm looking for the link. There it is. And uh, you would uh, fill out the little form there. It's just a few questions to let us know what you might want to talk about. And that will go to Daniel. And uh, we'll we'll get back to you about potentially being on the show. And, uh, and yeah, see if we can get you scheduled. So, this is the least professional version I've ever delivered on that, but podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest is the place that you would do that. And to whoever edits this, I don't know, leave the ums in, I guess. Sorry. The best of luck to you. Yeah, no kidding. Godspeed. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for watching if you're here live. Thank you so much for listening if you're catching the podcast later. I have been Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. I have been and still am Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. Unable to join us today was Carrie uh, at yayapodcasting.com and also Jennifer at kypodcasting.com. But our wonderful guest was... Me! 
Helen Ping. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>